The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who's going to crush 2022, Josh Barboni. How are you doing this evening? I think you misspelled it. The guy who's going to get crushed by 2022? No, Josh, <laughs> no? you're gonna you are gonna own 2022. Okay. It's gonna be the year of Josh Barboni this year. I can feel it. That's very optimistic of you. Lately, 2021 has been the millhouse of years for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily that year is now in the past. We don't need to worry about that. Uh, but Josh, you know, it's been a couple weeks since we've talked to one another. Like really, yeah. other than you know a few messages through Discord. So. uh Let's catch up, Josh. How are the holidays? <laughs> What'd you do? How'd things go? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember them. Uh, it seems like they were f- so long ago. Um, how were the holidays? They were. I would guess. I would say they were good overall. Would be the best way to put it. Um, I was. I did get um sick. So that was fun, but it wasn't COVID, so that's good. Uh, now you know, just a regular run-of-the-mill sickness. Um, I guess it happens gotcha. when it feels weird to say when you see people that you don't normally see, but everyone we saw was the people that were just stuck in our circle with, anyways. So I didn't right. see a lot of people. Um, Josh, would you say that you were down with the sickness? <laughs> yeah, it really got me down, <laughs> and I'm still <laughs> down with the sickness. Uh, a lot of a lot of sleepless nights recently. I, I don't know what that is to contribute to, but um, yeah, I think overall good. It was a pretty fun Christmas. We really went over the top for my son, which I'm like, we can't do this next year. Let's we did too much. <laughs> gotcha. So we spoiled him a little a little too much, um, but it was still really nice to see. Um, you know, he's four, so it's it's a big big difference in holidays and, and like grasping the concept so right he got this you know he actually got to see quote unquote santa this year and nice we get to threaten him with santa's watching kind of stuff (laughs) uh, which is always fun um but yeah overall um i it's my favorite time of the year like thanksgiving to christmas yeah um so it was nice for for what it was uh obviously it could have been better under different circumstances but we got to take what we have uh, and run with that. How about you? How, how was uh, your uh, couple week break and your holidays? Uh, overall, pretty good. Uh, has some family in. Uh, actually went disc golfing a couple times. Mm. Uh, my brother-in-law is a big disc golfer. So uh, last time I disc golfed was the last time he came up, which was <laughs> two or three Christmases ago. Uh, okay. I think it was. So I can't. We, we're trying to figure out if it was Christmas of 2019 or Christmas of 2018. Uh but yeah, and you know, I, I'm getting older. 
And, you know, as, for someone who doesn't play disc golf, you know, but once every two or three years at this point, I used to play a lot like in college and stuff, which I, I feel like is a pretty prime time, like college and right after college. <laughs> uh, I, I still every once in a while, I, I still can knock off like the old skills and, and throw a couple good discs. So it, it makes me feel good because like I expect myself to lose. Uh, but then anytime like I can steal a hole or two or three, yeah. um, or just throw some really good, th- get some really good throws down. Uh, it makes me feel a little good about myself that like, Hey, if I really wanted to, right, I could do this if I really wanted to. Right. <laughs> um, and that's why I just keep telling myself and then I just don't play again for another two years. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it was good. It was good to see family we played some games and, you know, it's one of those things that when, especially over the last, you know, two years now, almost at this point, that obviously we've seen family some, but nowhere near as much as we used to or as often as we used to. Yeah. And it just is a different feeling when your home of two suddenly is a home of six. Sure, sure. You know, and loved seeing them, loved having them here uh, was totally cool when it was time for them to go. You know, like mm-hmm. all of those things of it, it, it really is amazing um, as someone who really likes hanging out with people, like I like being around other people, uh, how much more challenging that is for me now than it used to be because it just doesn't happen as much anymore, right? Like yeah. the, this thing that I used to really love and enjoy doing just isn't doesn't happen much. And now I just don't find myself enjoying it as much as I used to. Again, thrilled they were here. Had a great time. Really, really, really happy to have spent some time with them, but was definitely ready to, you know have the house back to its old ways again and, and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. So, but that was good. And then played some, honestly, Bush played some uh, co-op video games for the new year with uh, my Overwatch crew. We played like Fall Guys and all and that I saw stuff. you downloading those games and I'm like, what is, what is kind yeah. of downloading? <laughs> yeah, well, and it was funny because, um, you know, the partner doesn't really play video games with me all that often other than like, we'll co-op some stuff like yeah. the Lego games and stuff. Uh, but, you know, with the PS5 now, I was like, well, I still have the PS4. So I like set up the PS4 in the other room and like all that. So I was like making sure that, you know, that all of the games that we were going to need were there and she was playing with us. So it was kind of cool, actually, to have yes. her playing along and, you know, definitely a learning curve on some of those games just for someone who doesn't play a ton of games very often. But, yeah. you know, even for something like Fall Guys of like understanding, like it seems like it should be pretty pretty straightforward of like for someone who plays games a lot of like, okay, like here's the latest you can jump off this platform, but just getting Mm -hmm. that timing down and stuff. Um, so yeah. And as I haven't played fall guys in forever, there's way more options of fall guys now. My goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can do like team games only and like all this stuff. So like if you're nice, you advance like as a group, like either you all advance or none of you advance. So oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a lot kind of pressure. Fun, but <laughs> it is a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure, but overall the holidays were good. Uh, I've been off, you know, from work for basically two weeks at this point. And when we're recording, I have to go back to work tomorrow. So that'll be fun. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but yeah. my, my sleep schedule has maybe not, you know, been maintained, but Hey, you know what? We're in 2022 fresh starts for all things, all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, before we <laughs> jump into, you know, the show regular, Josh, since we are now yeah. in 2022, you have to ask the question. Oh, any New Year's resolutions for you, Josh? No, I'm I'm too old for New Year's resolutions <laughs> or I just don't care to do them. Yeah. If I want to better my life, I will do it because I want to, not because of a date. That is I a guess good, what uh, I'll say. 
that is some that is some sound reasoning there as well. I also have <laughs> no New Year's resolutions, which I'm glad for because if I did, then I'd feel real silly after what you just said. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was totally <laughs> trying to nag on everybody who has them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but luckily I have none. So, but if you do have some <laughs> listeners, that's what helps you be motivated. That's okay. That's totally cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't listen. You don't. People don't listen to half of what I say, anyways. So, all right, well, we're going to jump into the show proper here because we have a lot of stuff to talk about, especially a lot of games we've been playing yeah. uh, with some time over the break. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of the PSVG Podcast Network, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG Podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, Dollar Cinema, and anything else we decide to do on a podcast feed near you. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing over this holiday break? You know what I meant to check when you just said that? I, didn't I don't even know what you meant to check. I, <laughs> I didn't even think to check <clears throat> our feed. Um, the podcast feed, the podcast feed, because what? What? Oh, I thought that um, Dollar Cinema was going to drop into our feed, but it did drop into the, the PSG PlayStation video games feed. So gotcha. it is there. Um, but I will message Donnie because Donnie said he could drop it in ours as well. So I thought that would be an easy way for people to get access to it. Yeah, you could listen to our episode about Anna and the Apocalypse. Yeah, our Christmas one. Uh, okay, so what have I been playing? Oh boy, what have I been playing? I got I played a lot more than I thought I was going to play based on how things were going. So uh, we'll start with board games, I guess. We'll start with uh, we played Horrified American Monsters again, um, this time with three people, and it went much more smoothly than when I tried to play with Kevin. Um, so yeah, still a great game. I still like horrified regular edition better um they definitely took a little turn a little changes on like the design on this one that we prefer to the other version of so if you're if you're trying to decide if you want to get horrified i would say still go with the original version uh we played seven wonders architects which was a game i was excited to get to the table um actually we tried we were going to play the crew because we had three people and the rule book is like super big for a small game. Oh, is it so really? We didn't, we didn't even attempt to play it. Oh, um, interesting. You have to read that. You have to get through like 12 pages before you even get to the starting of the game. And we had limited time. So um, Seven Wonders Architects, actually pretty quick game to play. And if you know Seven Wonders, uh, you understand some core uh, gameplay, but basically... Uh, the whole game is perfectly, the box is perfectly filled with game trays. So all you really do is you just hand somebody a game tray that has their wonder in it, and it has the pieces that you need, and it has a deck of cards. And it is still drafting. You take your deck of cards and shuffle them. You put it back in the holder, and you put it to your left. Now that's a shared drop out between you and the person to your left. So everyone does that. And that's a general supply in the middle. And you are racing to complete the stages of your wonder by um, 
getting resources and using them or getting science cards to get science abilities or getting military to gain military points. In this one, if you beat someone in military, they don't take negative points. So you're just scoring military points. And uh, when you complete certain stages of your wonder, you do get your special ability, which each each person has a different special ability. Uh, it was a ton of fun and really easy to teach and learn. Um, they did a really good job with this one. So uh, I was very impressed with how quickly we were able to play it and how I want to play it again, how quickly I wanted to play it again. Um, speaking of that, uh, we played Cascadia, which is by the people who did Calico. And I kickstarted both of these games. Um, and it's a, it's basically... Uh, well, when I backed it, I didn't know too much about it. I just knew it was like nature-focused, and you're trying to... Um, Build this like harmonious land plot, if you will. It's kind of like Carcassonne, especially where it has the, the problem I have where I have to keep pushing the tiles to touch each other because the gaps are bothering me. Uh, but what you're doing is uh, when you play the game, you have five different animals you have uh, fox, salmon, bear, elk. Eagle, uh, eagle, and <laughs> uh, did I name five fox, bear, trout, sa- uh, not trout or salmon, elk, bear? Did I say bear twice. I maybe I'm for- I might be forgetting one. Uh, but you have these cards. Each Is it fox, fox, yeah, fox, bear, bird, Eagles, fish, fish, elk. Okay, got yeah. it now. <clears throat> so each of these animals, they come with four um, scoring cards. And because we had a Kickstarter, we get an extra one for each. So I have five scoring cards, which gives you some replayability. And what the scoring cards do is it tells you how you can score points for each of these animals in the game that you're playing. Sometimes like with the bears, it's like, um, you get two points for two bears together, but no other bears can be touching them. Or or eight, like 16 points for four bears together, but no other bears can be touching them. Uh, for um, salmon or trout or whatever it was, it was like uh, points for the longest contiguous line, not, not overlapping each other and things like that. And as you're doing this, you're also building off of you start with a try hexagonal spot and as you play you're drawing one uh to add to your cascadia and they have different themes uh like mountainous wheat wetlands and they're pretty much like it's kind of like wingspan like it'll have like an icon of how many animals can cohabitate in that environment meaning this like one location could either have an elk, a bear, or a salmon, but you can't have more than one. So each spot can only be taken up by one animal type. And then the drawing rounds, you you put out um, four tiles, which are typically face down. You put them face up, and then you randomly draw out of the animal bag, and you put the animal on top of those tiles. So when you draft, you have to take both. 
unless you decide to ch- you have a way you can spend um something nature it's like a victory point essentially but you can spend this token you get to take one instead of both or redraw them and try to get a better animal but if i just wanted to continue my mountainous regions because you'll also get bonus points at the end for the longest um contiguous like mountainous region and we'll score for all the regions like that but you also have to take the animal that's associated with that tile and sometimes you can't place them so that strategy comes into play as well i really royally messed up my bears when i was doing it i really didn't catch what i was doing so i really messed up my scoring for the bears um (laughs) and the wife killed me like she blew me out of the water at the end of the game yeah it was rough um but it was a lot of fun and i can't wait to play it again um and you know fix those mistakes i made and then we followed that up with fox in the forest duet because i figured we had time for a short game and fox in the forest duet is well it's a cooperative version of fox in the forest it's still um a trick-taking game and it has a little push and pull. So you can't communicate kind of like when you're playing like the mind um, or the game, games like that, where you can't tell people what your cards are or what your move is going to be. But you have to work together to um, move the fox through the forest and collect uh, these diamonds, I think they're called, or, or rubies, by strategically letting your helping your cooperative partner win hands or lose hands and it's a constant push and pull because the the path is in the shape of an s and you start in the middle and um as the game goes on some the paths get shortened at the end of the first two rounds uh and we got all the way down to the last one we didn't get the last gem so we almost won but um it was a very interesting take on the trick-taking game because you're really just trying to help each other out but you can't say what you want to do so um i thought it was pretty interesting pretty unique um gameplay i mean there's a few games excuse me out there that are similar but nothing that really does it quite the way that this game does it uh, so another win, I think. Uh, I think I had four wins in board games, which is pretty exciting. Uh, wins meaning I like them, not necessarily that I won. <laughs> <laughs> Important uh, distinction. Yeah. I was going to say real briefly, uh, Cascadia seems to be on many, many people's like best of the year list. I just started seeing that, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that you have uh, definitely, you're with the in crowd by your love for Cascadia <laughs> playing it right now. So Good. Good, good, good. Okay, so video game-wise, I didn't do too much video gaming. Uh, but my I'm still playing Hot Wheels Unleashed, a game that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I do. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty challenging, especially I'm getting to some of the courses without edges. So you just f- like fly off of a track and really ruin your chances of uh, placing well. Um but I'm enjoying that. My son really likes watching me play uh, to the point where I have to be like, no, not not right now. <laughs> no more TV. Um, we'll talk about Demon's Souls later. I played a game called Akron, Attack of the Squirrels, I believe it's called. 
It's on Oculus. We played it on New Year's Eve. My brother has it. Uh, what's cool about this game is <clears throat> the person in VR is, the, is a tree, and then everyone plays on their phone as squirrels. And it's like a capture the flag uh, where all the squirrels attack the tree. They try to steal these golden acorns and get them back to their base. And the tree, he, he can, it can throw um, like, like, um, like a poison glob that slows people down. It can throw a giant ball that like wipes everybody out. It can throw like small little like seeds that you can like sharpshoot people as they're running. Um, and when they get close enough, you can just literally pick them up and hurl them off the map. Uh, it is, it is uh, uh, very satisfying and fun. And the controls on the phone aren't too bad. It's like any mobile game. You have the circle wheel to move. Um, and each, uh, there's four, three or four different types of squirrels that have different abilities. Um, one of them can do a giant shield. So it takes a few hits for it to get knocked through. What the one I used was the one who can burrow in the dirt to cover up large points of the maps. There's like 16 maps and they all are a little bit different as far as like boundaries and obstacles and edges. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We played that a bunch. Cool. Uh, so that's an easy recommendation if you have a quest um, or any VR device. Uh, I started Death's Door again. Yeah. And I'll talk, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about later why I started playing Death Store again. Um, but I'll say I'm enjoying it more this time. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a better, I think, a, a bit more of an effort into it. Uh, I still have some issues with pacing for me and frustration with enemies respawning, but I understand why that happens. Right. Um. So I'm still having some frustrations with it, but I'm enjoying it more. So we'll see how much more I play it. But uh, at least for my revisiting of it, I'm enjoying it. Awesome. Um, and I started a new game. It's I don't know that it's new, but it's new to me. Uh, called Gunfire Reborn. I don't know if you've heard of this. I'm not ringing a bell. <laughs> but it's essentially Arcadegeddon, but a first-person shooter. You play as cuddly animals. You start as a cat. Um, and you go through these dungeons and you find new weapons and new abilities and scrolls. And as you level up your character, uh, you can permanently change their abilities. It has uh, almost Borderlands-ishy art. Um, and it's a pretty like fast-paced run-and-gun style shooter. I just did a boss fight, which was actually really cool. And the guns are like very widely, um, <clears throat> like kind of like arcade again. Uh, they're very wide and diverse and they scale up kind of like, um, uh, returnal. So you'll find a gun that might be a plus one or a plus two and you're rocking a plus one. So you kind of are forced to change a little bit. Gotcha. You can also upgrade your guns as you go through. Sometimes you'll run into uh, merchants or people who can upgrade your guns. And uh, it's multiplayer. I've only been playing single player. Um, but it, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun playing with friends. I think it's only on Steam. That's what I have it on, at least. And 
uh, yeah, I really am enjoying the time I'm spending with it, and I look forward to playing it a bunch more, because once I died, I chose not to spend something to continue my run, because I didn't really learn what it was yet. Mm-hmm. And it's like souls, I guess, which you can use to level up your characters. So I was able to permanently upgrade my character a little bit. So now when I go back to do the run again, I know I'll be stronger. Um, but I did get for, through the first full I, I don't know, dungeon, I guess, and get to the boss. It's very cool. I really enjoy the game a lot. So what uh, spurred you going on the... <clears throat> gun and fire reborn route here so i saw um bruce green is a streamer i follow he's from funhouse previously uh and uh he was i didn't know what the heck it was but uh sometimes i just play re- weird random games and this was one that i caught the other day and i liked i thought it was cool and he like plays with a, a streamer named sark and he was basically explaining to him like how the game is played and what you do. So like I was learning while he was learning about it. So everything that he was being told sounded like interesting and intriguing to me. So I was like, yeah, this seems like right up my alley. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I hadn't even ever heard of this and it looks me like it just <laughs> fully came out in November. So very cool. Awesome. Anything else you've been playing, Josh? Oh, probably. I'm sure I'm forgetting uh, a game. Oh, I started resident evil four on the VR quest VR. Uh, I chose to do normal movement and I definitely did feel it. Like I was like, Oh boy. Sure. <laughs> um, and then I played a game that I think is probably what I imagine you explaining what Moss is to me, uh, called gentle giant or ghost giant, or ghost giant. Yeah. Ghost giant. I started playing that and that was pretty charming. Um, and interesting, but I'll have to play some more of that, but yeah, that's about it. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, I also played quite a few games uh, for board games, a lot of new ones, video games, uh, finishing some stuff up. Uh, But from the board game perspective, uh, the first game that uh, was played was Formula D or Formula Day, uh, depending on who you talk to. Uh, This is a racing game uh, where you and your fellow combatants, car combatants, if you want to look at it that way, are racing around a track. And the reason we played it is a two to ten player game. Not a lot of two to ten player games out there. Uh, and we played it over the holiday when my when my family was here um, and we were looking for something to play. And this was something we all could agree on. So then I was like, well, I guess I'll learn how to play this really quick because I had no <laughs> idea how to play it. Uh, and what's kind of neat is that there are basic rules and advanced rules. We only played with the basic rules because when you get into the advanced rules, you pick like different drivers who have asymmetrical abilities and like all of this other stuff. And like damage that your car takes on gets specific to like oh tire damage or body damage or engine damage whereas the basic game is very much just that you have 18 you know damage points and once you're out your car blows up and you're out and you're good to go Uh, my father-in-law is a big fan of playing games where people can lose (laughs) (laughs) so this fit the bill but basically all you're doing is you're kind of on your turn you're rolling a dice and you're moving that many spaces as you go around this track but there's important things you have to keep in mind. Like, number one, you can shift gears. And as you shift up gears, you get dice that will move you further distances. The other thing to keep in mind, though, is that this the tracks have corners on them. And there are markers at the start of the corner and at the end of the corner. And then an indicator as to how many times your cars are required to stop 
like end your turn within that corner. And if you don't do that, uh, if it's like a uh, corner that only requires one stop and you just blow through the corner, you just take damage for like however over however much you overshot it. Yeah. But if it's a corner that requires two stops or three stops, uh, if you overshoot a corner that requires two stops without ever stopping, it's like your car crashes in the wall and you're out of the game. Um, and if it's a one that requires three stops, if you stop once, you're fine. And no, if you you have to stop at least twice because if you stop once or less, um, same thing. It's like your car ran into the wall and you're out of the game. Yeah. So because it's basically like you're overshooting the corner because you're going <laughs> too fast. Yeah. Uh, I posted a picture on Instagram or oh, on yes. our Twitter. <laughs> when I say I'm bad at rolling dice, people tend not to believe me. <laughs> and I think this very clearly showed how bad I am at rolling dice. Like it, I was Josh, it was painful. Like <laughs> I would set myself up and like what, since you're shifting gears, like first gear, like when you roll, all you can get is like a one or a two. So your car yeah. can go forward one or two spaces. When you shift up to second to gear it's two to four. Um, when you shift up to third gear, I think it goes five to eight or something. Some, anyway, it continues to step up that way. Whereas the last die, when you get all the way up to fifth gear, it's like 31 to 50. Like you're going like a real long distance, right? And it never failed that when I'd roll, I'd like roll so that like I would stop like one spot before I was in the corner. So it didn't count as stopping in the corner. So then I had to like downshift to make sure that I could get in the corner Yeah, because you only have so much damage. Or, like, there was one time that, like, the only thing I had to not roll was the highest number on the die. Yeah. That was it. I just had to not roll a 20, and I would be fine. And, of course, I rolled a 20. That's, like, <laughs> the only time I rolled the number that, I, like, was high. It was, like, the time I didn't need it. Yeah. And I just, uh, Josh, I suck at this game so bad. <laughs> so bad. And I do exactly what other people are doing. I'm, like, you know, spacing out. So, it's, like, okay, if I... You know, downshift one here, I can like roll this here. And even if I get the max, I'll like be right at the end. And then I can shift up and I'll be able to make it all the way to the next one. It'll be perfect. And then like I will roll like the lowest possible number and not even make it into the turn. <laughs> and then I'm like, why does this happen to me? Like, how is it possible? Well, this always happens to me. But if you are looking for a game that is very easy to get into, very easy, like basic rules to understand but does have very, very advanced rules if you want it to, uh, and you're looking for just a racing game. Formula D is really, really easy to recommend. Uh, it is at most big box stores, so you can kind of get it anywhere. Uh, it's, it's kind of one of those games that's been around for a pretty long time and is you know kind of one of the staples in the racing genre. Like most people know of or have played Formula D or Formula Day. Um, so it, it's an easy recommend. Uh, what, the one thing I will say is that the board... The track is very long on the board, yeah. but to do that, they have to make the cars extremely small. Yeah. So it is very kind of hard to like move things around. And then when like you're trying to like count out how many spaces you're going, it can be a bit like fiddly to make all of that work. But overall, the rules are pretty straightforward. Um, and it's yes, there's definitely strategy involved. Um, if you get to the point of like trying to do a two lap race, then you have to think about pit stops and all that other good stuff stuff. Uh, but if you're looking for a fun racing game, really easy to recommend. That's Formula D. Um, just be better at rolling dice than I am, because goodness gracious, <laughs> it was rough. Uh, the next game we played then um, was uh, Isle of Sky from Chieftain to King. Uh, so this game came out uh, a number of years ago. Um, and one of the Kenner Spiel this year is in 2016, if I recall. Uh, the easiest way to think of Isle of Sky 
is this game is basically uh, Carcassonne 2.0 or Carcassonne on steroids or however you kind of want to look at it. Yeah. Because ostensibly what you're doing is you're still you start with a tile that is like your kingdom tile. It's like you have your castle there. And then what makes this kind of like the next step up, if you would, is that every player draws three tiles from the bag. You lay the three tiles in front, then everyone and then you set prices for those tiles, including one that you're going to return to the bag and then is buying basically tiles from each other. Um, so there's this bidding mechanic that goes with it. And then also the building of like, how do I, you know, then also earn the points for building my, my city. So really it is just kind of Carcassonne with an extra step. Uh, a lot of the ways that you score points are really similar of like completing areas, um, you know, depending, there are like multiple scoring options that happen every round. So you have a, a game board that has five scoring options. Um, and then like in the first round, you only score A. In the second round, you only score B. But then in round three, like you score like um a and b and then around three you score like a c and d so it like does really mix up like how the scoring works and what the things you can do and there's like 15 different scoring tiles of like what they're looking for at the end of each round um so overall like a really easy game to learn like i said it's basically carcassonne with a little bit of a bidding auction uh so you do have to kind of keep in mind what your money is you do have to think about what the ways you actually can earn points in the game are since those change um every time you play uh, but then it's also just kind of like building your map and figuring out what's out there and figuring out how you're going to manage your money. And the fact that if you set the price for something too high and nobody buys it, that you actually just lose that money. It's basically like you bought that tile for the 10 coins that you set the price at or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, so overall, pr- I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I do think that that extra little step in there, uh, is nice. Cause it does. One of the hard things about Carcassonne is like you draw a tile and you just get what you get. Um, And then you're trying to kind of make things work. Whereas this, you can actually start to kind of formulate a plan. Uh, You can try to hedge your bets a little bit. Uh, You can just be like, hey, this tile is really good, but I don't want to deal with it or I don't want someone else to have it. So I'm just going to return it to the bag. There are some nice ways that you can kind of um, mitigate um, the opportunities of others and amplify your opportunities to playing it. So if you like Carcassonne and you're looking for a step up, I think Isle of Sky is a really good uh, option if you're someone who maybe didn't like carcassonne because you thought it was too random too luck based this also might be a good fit for you just because like i said there's a lot of ways that you can kind of mitigate that risk um, or try to change things or sway things um, your direction so that's isle of sky from chief from chieftain to king uh and then the last game played was my city uh Mm. so my city uh is actually a legacy board game and really it's kind of it's just a city builder it you Every there are eight chapters within the game, and in every chapter there are three episodes. So it's twenty-four total plays of the game. Um, and on the game and on your board, everyone has their own board. You have basically a grid of tiles, and then like many other city builders, you have buildings that are the shapes of the different tetraminos. Or so you're thinking like Tetris pieces that you're putting together. Um, and you score different points depending on the combinations of like the number of same buildings, the same colored buildings that are together, the number of buildings around a well, the number of buildings touching a certain other type of building that I'm not going to say because it's kind of a spoiler for down the road if you want to play the games. This is a legacy game. But it just every single game is building on itself. So every chapter is themed. So you're kind of kind of starting with the most basic way to play it at the beginning of the chapter. And then episode two and episode three build on it. Then you go to chapter two which would start with episode four that introduces kind of a new mechanic and you build on it and build on it. 
And so chapter three, same thing, new mechanic, build on it, build on it, and kind of down the line. Uh, it's really straightforward. The games are very, very fast, 30 minutes per uh, episode. Nice. So even when you hear like there's 24 episodes that you play, uh, right now we are have completed four chapters. So we've already played 12 games of it. Um, nice. So we're halfway done basically at this point. Uh, but overall, I'm really liking it. Like I said, if you're if you've never played a comp- um, a legacy game and they've seemed daunting, this game is very very straightforward. Um, it, like I said, it, it literally is. You flip over a card, you find that building, you place it in your city. You flip over the next card, find that mm. building, put it in your city. The complexity comes from just figuring out how are you going to arrange those to try to score the points or to try to accomplish the goals that are set out in each of the different episodes so nice. uh really easy recommend really affordable it's 35 dollars. i think is like the suggested retail of the game so it's very affordable <laughs> two players the component, yeah the component quality isn't great to be totally honest but for 35 bucks i'm not sure that i can complain um because like i said there is a lot of game there a lot of episodes that you can play and then once yeah. it's done they have on the back side of the board is the eternal version so you can just play the game over yeah. and over and over and over and over again if you want to nice. um so it has both that legacy opportunity and just the eternal opportunity if you don't even want to play the legacy one that's fine uh but i would definitely recommend playing the legacy because so far it is really fun i'm having a good time with it um i love legacy games so this is a good fit there definitely the lightest legacy game i've ever played um but still really enjoying it so that's my city um like i said uh, a great really good fun quick legacy game that i definitely recommend if you're looking at getting into it so from a board game perspective that's what i've been playing are those three games um from a video game perspective really briefly just more stuff that i've already talked about i finished the campaign for halo it was fine (laughs) yeah like the story is totally fine it i know that if you maybe are super super into halo you might really like it um yeah yeah i don't know i i i obviously like played it all the way through and finished it i think halo the credits in halo are like the longest credits in the history right. of video games my <laughs> gosh i felt like i was sitting there forever uh like t- whereas my screen dimmed multiple times for me to like having my controller sitting there and like looking at my phone okay. so i always let the credits play through um but my screen like dimmed multiple times <clears throat> so i'd like hit my controller and have it undim again <laughs> um but yeah like i said if you like halo i think you're gonna have a good time with it the gameplay is there uh you know they're in the end i don't know a couple of weapons still feel really clunky or not yeah. like super optimized. There's a couple of weapons. You're like, why would you ever use these? They're just not good. Uh, so definitely, you know, I know they force you to sometimes because of ammo scarcity and things like that. But for the most part, especially with all the barrels that are laying around, like I think for the most part, you can kind of get through most of the game with the weapons you really like, especially by having those forward operating bases that you can just go back to and like spawn the weapons that you want if you really want to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's good. I think it's worth a play. Uh, but, it, you know, from a story perspective, not something that I'm still really thinking about anymore. Um, so yeah, I have continued to play Chicory, um, and I like Chicory even more the more I play it. Uh, a really charming, interesting, thoughtful game. Far deeper uh, themes than what you would think by looking at just at the context of what the game is and the fact that you're just like this running around painting things. Yeah. Uh, but so far, really enjoying it. I think if you have the opportunity to play Chicory, um, I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, and it does really cool. It does continue to build on itself, adding new mechanics, adding new mechanisms that you're playing through um, in different ways to interact with the world, which is really fun. So um, if you have the opportunity, like I said, I definitely would recommend Chicory. Um, and then finally, Demon Souls, which we'll talk about when we get to our homework. So that's kind yeah. of what I have been playing on the video game front. Nice. Uh, so with that, Josh, let's transition to our topics of the show. What's your first topic this week? Okay. Well, it's not 
not uh, Newsweek if we don't have something controversial going on in video games. For sure. <clears throat> so, speaking of Bruce Green, someone I watched stream, he was streaming a game called Ready or Not, which I didn't really know anything about either. And from what I could gather from him playing was it was this really cool looking, pretty hard um, version of the SWAT game that we would know from old PC days, except, you know, first person, more like Rainbow Six style, um, where you're like really tasked with um, rescuing hostages and not shooting unless you're shot at and things like that. So it seems it seems really cool. So it's um, uh, is is it published by Void Interactive? Um, it's confusing. It gets confusing here, but essentially it's coming from Void Interactive. Uh, this is a news story about how Void Interactive has lost its publisher for SWAT, the SWAT game, ready or not, um, days after comments that suggested it would include a school shooting mission. So uh, it came out on December 17th in early access. And it's originally it was partnered with Team 17, who you would know from Worms, among a lot of other games. Overcooked. Overcooked as well, yes. Um, but the reason why this all came up was there was a, uh, I think it was an AMA um, or just a question in general. And, and someone had asked if the game would include a school shooter level. Uh, and one of the game developers responded, quote, you better believe it's gonna, unquote. <laughs> um, so I guess this is going to be quick, and so is the other one. Uh, but essentially, I'll read what Team 17 said. First, they said, Team 17, quote, Team 17 Digital and Voyant Interactive have mutually agreed that Ready or Not will no longer be published by Team 17 Digital, unquote. Uh, then they continue, we wish the team at Void Interactive all the best for the future. Uh, and the continued development of the game. We have no further comments on it at the moment. So the game is uh, apparently just going to be self-published by Void Interactive at this point. Um, and I think uh, this has done a lot of good and a lot of bad for them at the same time, but I think at least the controversy has gotten more viewers, which means they're getting more money, which means they probably can comfortably um, self-publish. My question, I guess, to you is... Uh, where do we, what is this? Like, what stand do we take? Do we not take a, take a stand? Do we care? Um, where's the country's sensitivity and I, and maybe not the country, but where's gaming sensitivity? And I'll tell you one of the things that I think about, we just had a terrible shooting incident not too long ago and, and it didn't take the media two days to start blaming video games. Fallout right. 4 being one of them. Not necessarily a game you would uh, associate with um, like what people would assume like Doom or Mortal Kombat would have been. Um, because they quoted, he had quoted a, a line from Fallout 4, which was actually a quote from a real person in history that they re-implemented right. in the game. So... I don't know. Answer my question if I asked it a better way. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think well, about this? What do you think about having uh, to start? What do you think of if this game had a school shooter level in it? Oh, boy. That is a that is a 
That is a loaded question. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, do I think that a video game can be made that has a school shooting level? Sure. That is something that every any developer is allowed to do. Uh, I think the important thing to keep in mind too that Void Interactive is based, I think, in New Zealand. Sure. So not uh, so c- from a cultural context, a school shooting probably means something different there. Than yeah, they don't even States. have guns there. <laughs> you know, so uh, that potentially could be a little bit different. Are they allowed to do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Is Team Seventeen then allowed to be like, "Yo, we don't want to be part of this." A hundred percent. So of that's course. kind of like, you know, are they allowed to do this? They absolutely are to, allowed to do this if they want to. If that's the direction they choose that they want to take, they're more than welcome to do so. Yeah. But Team Seventeen is a publisher. Us as consumers are all allowed to be like, "Yo, not cool." I think I'm going to pass on your game. Yeah. You know, and for them, you know, for for myself, the fact that they're like, "Yeah, we want to do this," is kind of actually helpful to me because now I know I will never play this game. Right. <laughs> because if I didn't know that was in there and then I bought the game and then that was in there, I probably would have been a little bit more frustrated about the situation. And it's kind of like, you know, go back to any controversial level in a video game, you know, in was it Modern Warfare 2, the no Russia level yeah. where they have you going through the, the airport. airport, right? Like these levels and, and teams pushing the boundaries has, has continued to exist, right? And I think as consumers, it's up to us to decide how we feel about those things. Uh, I personally, like I said, feel that they have the right to make that level. But I also know that I, especially as someone who works in education, am not going to support that developer by purchasing the game specifically because that exists in it. Right. And now some might say that I'm being oversensitive. That's fine. You can then go buy the game. Well, yeah, that's you your have choice. the right to do that. You <laughs> right. know, um, just like you have the choice to, I have the choice not to. So that's my thoughts on it. Um, it, it is a, obviously a very sensitive thing. Um, I, you know, am someone who, fortunately or unfortunately, personally, have not been directly impacted by um, a, a school shooting. Despite my long time working education, however, my partner has. Like she was at um, Northern Illinois when that school shooting happened there. Um, so like for her, you know, it's something that is much closer to home and it is something that is uh, a very sensitive and challenging topic for her. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I, I, can they do it? Sure. Should they do it? Uh, (laughs) I would argue maybe not the best thing to do, uh, but again, you know, they have the right to, to do it. What are your thoughts, Josh? Oh, I kind of feel similar to you. I, I would say this, um, this isn't a postal or whatever that crazy other stupid game that came out was that was called where you just killed innocent people in a postal type oh. game. Um, I, you know, it's not important because who cares? But um, <clears throat> it, this to me, this is more of a game, at least from what I've been hearing. I can't speak from firsthand is. A game that takes itself seriously, a game that's putting you in real life situations um, where I I think maybe their enthusiasm about doing a school shooting level was over the top where they could have just been like, they're like, yeah, you know, we've been talking about how we were approaching real world situations and maybe this is an important thing to put in our game. Not like this, like, you better believe it's going to, like, oh, like the celebration of, like, new content. 
if they're taking it seriously and want to put it in as like a teaching lesson, then I, I can see that being valuable. I don't know that I would want to participate in that level. And as long as they made it optional, I would probably not be opposed to playing the game, but it also depends on the messaging. And if it if it's just coming out as a, yeah, it's going to be great. You get to shoot these kids with guns, like not great. Or, and I think, I think one of the things that maybe you were talking about where this would definitely tread is you can still do these missions and kill innocent people and fail the mission. So now you're putting yourself in a school with guns and shooting kids. And that's a different story altogether. Yeah. Um, so I can see that being a problem as well. And, and we can argue that video games don't, um, encourage violence to a degree, mm-hmm. but I think it really depends on what you're putting in the people's hands. If you're on Mars and you're killing demons, there's a little bit of a difference, a little bit of a step away from reality where you can start blurring those lines when you start adding real, real life, real world situations well, and I think at the just- age of the game player. For sure. And I think just even building off that is is part of the reason why I say that can they do it is yes, is is maybe there is a way to do that level in, in some sort of interactive way that is actually like thoughtful and is right. uh, a different take or uh, a different perspective that I did not anticipate they were going to do. Right. Because like when I hear it, I assume people are just going to go in and shoot people in the school. That's what I hear, you know, and maybe it's not that now for this game, I would be surprised, but that's why, where I say like, I'm not like blanket. No, never do it. It just kind of like we talk about with comedians of like, Hey, you can choose that sensitive subject matter if you want to, but that is a very, you know, fine line. You're going to be a walk in there as to whether you're successful in what you're trying to accomplish there. Um, And that's kind of what I feel like in this situation is that you oftentimes I feel like people are doing this either to be like, well, I can, so I'm going to, congratulations, I guess. Right. Or like, I'm going to make a statement. And it's like, well, yeah, but does that statement really need to be made? Like, you're doing it just to do it. Congratulations. Yeah. I guess you get <laughs> your basic understanding of the way freedom works metal or something. Like, I don't understand what you want, but cool. Um, was was Hatred? Was that the other game you were hatred, thinking of? Hatred, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, anything else about uh, SWAT? Or no, I'll be interested this game to see. Uh, yeah, it's called already or not. <clears throat> Thank you. I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens, um, and where the game goes. But I bet if I go to Twitch and check already or not, we're gonna see. Oh, you know what? They only have two thousand viewers right now. That's not good. So maybe it's not um, picking up. <laughs> yeah. 23,000 well, followers, which is good. It is early access, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting. So maybe it'll pick up Steam. That seems pretty low for a game that should be like pretty much talk of the town right now. So so maybe it's fading, and we won't even have to worry about that. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I had awesome. to say about all right. that one. Okay, Josh. Well, my first topic is, of course, it's, you know, the first episode of 2022, which means we need to look forward to 2022 and make some wildly accurate predictions about the way (laughs) the board game industry and the board game world is going to go 
and the way the video game industry and the video game world is going to go. So we're going to start with board games, Josh. Um, I encourage us to come with three to five predictions based off time. We'll probably yeah. do three. Um, I listened to our show from last year and we nailed it perfectly. We got all of them completely I'm sure right. we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, maybe don't go back and listen to it. Listener, just take my word for it. We did perfect. We got them all. We just nailed them. Nice. Um, good job. Josh, good job, us. <laughs> when it comes to board games in 2022, yeah. uh, what is your first prediction uh, related to those? And then, again, you... these could be anything. They can be about things personal to you, things industry-wide, whatever sure. you want them to be. Want my wild swing first, or you want my reasonable swing first? Let's start reasonable and end wild, because that's a little more fun. We have something to look forward to then. Okay, I, I honestly think we're going to see a mass exodus to GameFound in February. Um, With Kickstarter really tripled, tripling down now on mm-hmm. NFTs. Now yeah. Kickstarter has said that they're they have they're almost at a negative carbon footprint for their new thing for their nfts and then when once you start digging deeper you find out <clears throat> that they're offsetting it by saying that they're planting trees to offset the carbon footprint that they're leaving so they're actually even being a little misleading about their wording on what they're doing so um i i saw i read a bunch of Interviews at Packs Unplugged mm-hmm. that um, Dicebreaker did with creators and studios, and pretty much everyone seems uh, very angry at Kickstarter, yeah, and not very comfortable with the um, financial stability for um, people. They even interviewed Danny uh, um, from Panasaurus talking about um, how things are looking, and, and everyone's really just unsure. But I think February will be enough time for people to actually see the implications of what's going to happen. And I really think that what's the other one that you've talked about game found. And there's another crowdfunding one that you had told me about. I had no clue uh, about. I can't. Yeah. I'm blanking on what it's, it's called. It's okay. If you can't remember. Um, so yeah, I, I think that um, maybe I shouldn't even say that um, a bunch of people are just going to move out of Kickstarter. I think I bet a better prediction would be, 2020 will be the uh, groundbreaking year for GameFound. That's not, that's I think good. It's an easier guess. Yeah, uh, I have actually a really related prediction because uh, okay, cool. mine was very similar, and mine just is that the use of Kickstarter is going to drastically decrease in favor of either other kick uh, other sites like GameFound. The fact that yeah. Hasbro has like their own site, um, or going back to a more traditional pre-order model but doing it basically like a kickstarter but just on publishers websites um and what i think will rise up out of that is there will have to be something else then that aggregates you to those places so that and maybe that'll become board game geek i don't know exactly what that will be Um, but i do think like you said it's very evident that a lot of people are really upset about the direction Kickstarter is going and realistically for Kickstarter, like board games are the thing that make them the most money and it's not even close, like not even close. So maybe some people just be like, you know what? It is too complicated to move. We already know how to make Kickstarters work. So I, I think you will have some people who do that, but I also think that Kickstarter might go back and try to sweeten the pot with some of the bigger companies like your Simons and things like that. And say yeah. like, hey, we'll take less percent. We'll yeah. let you keep more money <laughs> um, if you stay with Kickstarter. 
Um, and I could see that potentially happening. But I, I do think overall, the Kickstarter is going, the use of Kickstarter will decrease and we will see an increase in game found in website pre-orders and whatever else it might be um, to offset that. So that is my first prediction. Josh, what is your second prediction? Um, we will, and this is a generic one, uh, we will see a Metal Gear Solid board game in this year. Whether Ooh. it's crowdfunding or a flat out release. Um, I just, I don't see this not being a thing, especially with how far along it came. And I can't imagine um, being Konami and and seeing how much of an investment they made, even in just Emerson's game, right? that they don't try to get it out in some way, shape, or form. So uh, even if Emerson's not involved, which I really, I hope he is, even if it's that weird psychomantis party game or whatever, um, I really think we'll see a Metal Gear Solid game, at least one, come out this year. Gotcha. Because my question was going to be whether it was going to be connected to Emerson or not. Yeah. And the answer, I guess, is either way. He didn't, he didn't email me back, so I don't know when we're going to get him back on the show. But I'm assuming he was probably just busy. Yeah. he. I mean, he is a busy, busy He's person. He's a busy guy. So. Awesome. Uh, my second prediction is... Uh, so, obviously, Asmodee got purchased... Um, by oh my gosh embracer name embracer group thank you i got purchased by embracer i think you are going to see potentially the purchase but if not the formalization of an agreement between another major video game publisher and a board game studio or studios yeah so i don't know that there necessarily is going to be like a purchase potentially that could happen but more likely there's going to be like a formal like partnership agreement um licensing agreement something like that where xbox or playstation or nintendo or um whomever activision whatever um is going to create some sort of formal agreement with hasbro maybe probably is who i would lean towards but hopefully somebody like um well shoot every studio i was just thinking of was owned by asmodee Uh, but some major renegade someone like that um, to to work on board games for them, so I I, I think that the number of video game b- related board games is not going to slow down, um, and I think someone is going to take the effort to structure that more formally. Yeah. All right, Josh. What is your third prediction? Well, it's similar to your prediction. Uh, my prediction is Asmodee buys Skybound or oh. acquires them because that would also give them the Walking Dead license. That would. And we haven't had a Walking Dead game in some time. Wait, now who? Wait, didn't so Skybound is Kirkman and Invincible and all that. That's they have Sky. They have Skybound and Skybound Tabletop, which is where James Hudson uh, works out of now because they kind of acquired Druid City Games into Skybound. Hmm. Unless I'm mistaken. No, that that sounds right. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure. So I, I feel like. They are acquirable. They've been doing a lot of good content, and that's another IP. Um, and I, I believe Invincible would come with that too. That's another just like IP rich area, as we had at one point lots of Walking Dead games, and now we have none. True. Uh, so I, that's what I was, I, I'm thinking, um, especially with like Tidal Blades and how it's picking up some steam, and people are excited about Tidal Blades too. And they made an RPG system out of it. So I could see that totally happening. 
getting embraced by the group. Interesting. That's super. Hmm, that's a really good one. Hmm. 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 Dang it, Josh. That's a really good one. Oh, thanks. Uh, okay. <laughs> I could. I could totally see that happening. I could. Hundred percent. I could see that happening. Um, my final prediction, Josh, is that uh, this is going to. I have <laughs> twenty. I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this because I've written down, but it's written not well. Um, twenty twenty two is going to be seen as a down year for board games. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like in the quality of board game, but in the number of board games that are released in the number of dollars generated, both from Kickstarter and any other, you know, pre-order slash, you know, backing site type thing. Like, I think we're going to see far less money generated from those things this year. Uh, And I, I, I think, Part of it has to do with the global shipping thing of that, like, we're now just, you know, starting to get things that we were supposed to get, like, nine months ago. Uh, and mostly purely from a, just because they couldn't get them shipped to us, not because there was, like, delays in manufacturing. Yeah. Uh, so, I think partly because of that, but also partly because of the uncertainty with Kickstarter, um, because of the uncertainty with just the market, even though the market is continuing to do well, um, just the ability to be able to buy multiple hundred of dollar games like we're going to see less total revenue and less total stuff i think it's gonna be a down year overall just because all of the different forces that are are in play does that make sense sure. that does make sense yeah so those are our predictions for board games we'll you know see how things progress through the year i was gonna make a really like and you, you did it about like asmodee acquiring skybound i do wonder like is asmodee going to continue to acquire or will it just be the embracer group now that it acquires i think they still have to do it under asmodee so it that division fits suppose, in the yeah. universe like not the universe they fits into the, the the marketing like hey asmodee is still the biggest board game company they're just owned by these people true cool all right josh then what is your second topic this week okay <clears throat> well uh I have this topic because we had someone in our Discord ask questions about deck builders, and this was a game that Kyle brought up that I might want to give a second chance, and that maybe other people might want to give a first or a second chance to. Um, and yeah, so Cryptozoic Entertainment, who I don't know what they've been making recently, but they're a board game company that's out there, uh, are going to release a the Crisis Collection 1. Uh, which is for the DC deck building game series um, coming to the fir- in the first quarter of 2022. Uh, it's going to feature the first two Crisis expansion packs for the DC deck building game series in one box. Uh, it's also included a variety of new cards to add to any of the, of the base games. <clears throat> it also introduces new Crisis events and upgraded superheroes from previous games. Um, there's also six new oversized super heroes in each expansion i don't know if that's super important but i would say this it's it's 40 bucks for two expansions pretty good uh it doesn't come with the base game so it's probably a good time to look up uh and get a good price on the dc deck building game if you're interested in jumping into this um and i can't imagine 
typey 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 uh you can get it for 35 bucks depending on where you're looking uh 31 yeah, bucks game yeah so you can get the base game for 30 30 to 40 bucks and if that's something that you do end up liking you can get two really good expansions from that game uh for 40 bucks when it comes out and in a month or two and yeah i think it's probably a good time. DC movies are on the rise again, finally. And it gives you another option for superheroes besides Marvel. And it's also like limiting you to not have to worry about too many expansions. It's kind of consolidating um, these specific expansions that work together. And uh, it seems like a good time to do it. What do you think? This interests you at all? What do you have? Do you have any expansions for yours? I do have a few expansions, but I'll be honest, I don't remember which ones I have. Hmm. Um, I feel like we have, because they have the crossover packs are like one of the expansion things that they do. Yeah. Um, and I know that they also have just some individual like promo cards that you can get. Uh, but I think we have hmm, the first Crisis expansion and maybe the second. So I might already have both of these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, this this deck builder it gets a lot of shade thrown at it for not being a great deck builder. And I get there are some things about it that are really, really weird. Like when you defeat the supervillains, they suddenly become part of your deck. Like that is kind of odd. Like that <laughs> from a th- theme standpoint, you're like, hey, I'm playing as Aquaman. But now suddenly like Sinestro is like in my team and like helping me like that. That is weird. Like with how yeah. all that stuff works. But uh, overall, I think it's a really great deck deck builder to teach people about how to play deck builders yeah because it's very straightforward there's not a lot to keep track of but it also introduces the fact that like the order that you play your cards in matters um and that you know like hey i'm going to do this to draw this card or i'm going to do this to reveal this card which means i can now destroy it like just the general concepts that are are prevalent in a lot of deck builders of like thinning your deck and the importance of getting cards that will thin your deck all are present here in very approachable ways so that's the reason I'm such a big fan of it is because I, I do think it is just a really straightforward game to introduce people to deck builders. And as someone who loves them, it's the reason I like it. So I think it's a, you know, if you like DC Comics, it is pretty easy to recommend. I do think there are definitely the, the problem, I guess, potentially is that since you do choose a superhero that you play as, and those superheroes do have specific powers, some of them related to very specific types of cards. You know, if those cards aren't available when it's not your time to, to like add cards to your deck, that can be a bummer. Yeah. Um, so it does suffer from that a little bit. But overall, I enjoyed the game. I'm not saying it's like a 10 out of 10, um, but it is definitely a deck builder that if people are asked to play, I'm down to play for sure. Nice. So cool. Cool, cool. Awesome. Have you, are you a fan of this? Do you have this game? Uh, you know, I was, try- I was just thinking... I think I don't think I have it. I think I bought it for my friend or my friend bought it at what like might have been a Christmas gift or something. But I know I've played it, but man, it's been so long. I I couldn't like coherently talk about it. Uh, and I probably gotcha. don't. I probably either either like it more or like it less than I remember. Like it. <laughs> yeah. Play, we uh, actually played it um, with my I played it with my um my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law and my, and my partner really? we played a, a four player game of it over winter break um, or the holidays. And uh, I kind of, <laughs> I Not won pretty handily. <laughs> yeah, I, it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty rough. It was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, 
that's probably part of the reason I like it too. Um, <laughs> is I, I tend not that I win all the time by any means, but I do tend to do pretty well in it. So sure, cool. All right. Well, with that, Josh, my second topic is obviously we covered board games and everything are kind of our general predictions about those. So let's move on to the video game world and our general predictions for video games. So, Josh, what is your first prediction related to video games for 2022? All right. my uh, I have my big swing is the first one, and it's actually it. a, a mix of both. Okay. <clears throat> my prediction is that Microsoft <clears throat> gets into board games. Hmm. And I mean, to the extent of like a Forza racing game, a Halo game, first party Microsoft games, because we've already seen it with Sony. Yep. Uh, it's a, you know, this the big pop culture movement is board games right now. They haven't really dipped their toe in it at all. You can't count. I don't count Halo Risk or Monopoly, uh, <laughs> which game both came out like t- 15 years ago um, as that. But I think that it's really prime for them to give someone else control over that and have like a good studio do either a crowdfunded game or just a big old Microsoft budgeted game. But I think it's time we see a Halo board game. Okay. So that was going to be my question to you then, Josh, if you were the person brought in to consult and and give them feedback or a suggestion about what to do, like what IP, like what board game company would you have them working with? Like what kind of game are you suggesting they make? <clears throat> so if it's Halo, even though it's not my type of game, I probably would have them work with like Osprey games mm-hmm. because it's more of a war game and it would play more like Halo Wars than it would play like Halo. Gotcha. Um, so I could totally see that happening. Obviously Forza is easy for Formula D or Downforce. Yeah. Like just make it their own. Make it, yeah, make, make off-roading part of it. Make big like like the maybe like the fast and furious game make big other um um machines part of it mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh you could get a definitely i mean there is a gears of war game so i don't know that they want to do another one yeah uh, it's actually a pretty respectable game too like it's very wi- highly regarded um so honestly uh, I would have to really dig into other IPs that Microsoft own because it might not be like super obvious games like the heavy hitters that we would be looking at. And we also can look at all these other studios they own now. Um, maybe they dive into a Bethesda game that doesn't have a board game yet, like Prey True. or Dishonored or something like that, which is like a great stealthy game or Deathloop game. Deathloop, I could see. Deathloop might make sense. Um, I was like, I felt like there was a Dishonored game, but there isn't. Or at least it's not coming up when I search it, if it's just called Dishonored. Um, well, and I think they have a pretty obvious one, too, though, with Age of Empires. Like, a Civ game. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. Age you of know, Empires like, would be great. <laughs> like, there, there's a, a pretty straightforward one right there and i think one that they could easily get some support on uh and i think people would be interested in for sure so no i think that's great i would love to see them do that um we know obviously playstation has been doing that i I hope they continue to yeah um but yeah i think microsoft getting that would be awesome uh my first prediction is not uh, probably an unexpected one but i'm going to put a number to it so we'll, we'll see how it goes yeah uh so i predict both playstation and xbox are going to purchase at least three studios each this year okay all right so that's and, more challenging for sony i think because they don't tend to do that that often but i feel like well, microsoft I think they, will do that 
I think they ended up buying, I think they actually bought five last year. Did they really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, all signs point to both of them have said that those things are not slowing down. Uh, I, I know a lot of folks are like, oh, you know, someone's going to buy another publisher. Maybe that will happen. And then, we'll, you know, that'll be an easy three studios if that happens. But yeah. uh, I, I do think they're each going to buy at least three new gaming studios this year. Um, and and I and it, it could be some big ones, too. But for the the number of really large independent studios is shrinking pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, and the embracer group more than anyone is making sure that that's true. Uh, you know, and, and unless somebody, you know, obviously there was the words of WB potentially looking at getting out of the business. Now it looks like they're sticking around, um, especially since they're about to ship, you know, multiple games in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. It sounds like, yeah. Um, yeah, I, there could be some big acquisitions, but I, I do think that this is not going to slow down. The consolidation of the industry is going to continue, uh, but we will obviously then also see a number of you know new startups that that come as a result of that. So yeah, so I think at least three acquisitions each uh, this year. Nice, and maybe Nintendo will surprise us and do one. I doubt it, but you know they've done they, crazier things have happened. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your second prediction, Josh? Um. I think we can have a big year for fighting games. <clears throat> really? Because how many fighting games do we know of right now? Well, I don't, Fighters I, 15? I don't think I'm going to name anything that we know of. I think I'm going <laughs> to, they're all going to be big swings. Okay. Um, I think we're going to get Injustice 3 this year. Okay. Uh, well, the announcement, I should say. I shouldn't say this year. But they're going to get an announcement for Injustice 3. <clears throat> We are going to get a PlayStation All Star Battle Royale two. Okay, because they Sony listens, and people have been asking. Yeah, yeah, they listen to to a degree. Yeah, Um, and I think we're gonna get a Street Fighter six, but it's I think it's gonna be multi platform. The rumor going forward is that it is gonna be multi platform. Oh really? I didn't even hear that rumor. So I think that that's the rumor. I think we'll get a uh, lesser switch port of it, and I think we'll get we'll get it on Xbox and PC as well, uh, which will make me very happy. But I know I know Street Fighter Five is on PC and PlayStation, but uh, I think we'll finally have the return to Xbox. Okay, yeah, that's good. I I I want to be good at fighting games. I'm just not good at them. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not even good at them. I just enjoy them. Well, you're way better than me, so that must mean I am absolute trash. Wow. You're not good at them. I'm, oh not, my I'm not competitive. Like, I couldn't go in a Street Fighter lobby. Uh, um, I wouldn't do very well. I, I might do okay. I wouldn't do very well. So, okay. If you think, it, like, <laughs> would you say that you're above or below average, though? I'm probably above average. Okay. And but I am not definitely much. below average. I am definitely <laughs> below average. When it yeah, comes to I don't games. think by much. When when I was playing Mortal Kombat 11 weekly, I was mm-hmm. above average. When I played Kevin on Extra Life, I was, I was average. Okay. Okay. Oh boy! All right. My second prediction, Josh, and this one kind of—I don't know if this is good or bad. If this is going to come true, we'll 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 have to wait and see obviously but i think the generally acclaimed game of the year for 2022 yeah. is a game we do not know about yet 
Okay. <clears throat> there is something that is going to be announced and released this year. It won't be that- Elden Ring or Horizon Forbidden West. God of War. That's what I'm saying. I really? think there's something else out there. <clears throat> okay. But that even means then if, you know, the next Zelda releases the sequel to Breath of the Wild that doesn't have a name yet, like that that won't be it either. I I, I, I know this is a stretch and there's a lot of great games that we know about. Yeah. But but I, I think that more because of how many delays we've seen, there are more studios that are just are not saying what they're doing. Yeah. And that they're just going to be like, hey, here's our thing. Um, and when I'm saying not announced, I'm saying that not formally announced. Like maybe there's been a rumor about it, sure. but it is not something that like we know. Oh, shoot. Now I'm not going to remember what the name of it is. Redland. What's the name of the next arcane game? Red something. Oh, I don't know. <sighs> that was it was out an Xbox show. Redfall. The, Redfall. Redfall. The vampire one. Yeah. Redfall. Yeah. Redfall. Like that one technically announced. Like we know that like that we know but like you know technically like whatever cory barlog is working on at sony like we don't know what that game is right you know so we know he's working on something but we don't know what that game is so that one count um but yeah that means starfield's not going to win it that means that god of war is not going to win it you know none of the <laughs> Elden ring none of those are going to it's going to be something else that we're not, we okay. don't know about yet <laughs> game of the year 2022 you mostly it's going to win the most of them not the game awards you just mean in general or game of the year yeah kind of like you know <laughs> it's a little tough with like last year because i don't know that there was like a universally acclaimed one but like right. the year before like the last of us two or hades like either one like generally yeah, yeah. like you know something like that or god of your god of war red dead 2 the year those like generally most people would say like one of those was the game of the year sure. i think it's going to be something like that cool what's your third around yeah third prediction josh Okay, I my my third prediction is um whatever Nintendo's doing around E3, so June, whatever that Nintendo Direct is, mm-hmm. that is when we'll get a title for Breath of the Wild 2 and a release date of of March 2023. 20 oh, okay, 2023, eh? To coincide with the Switch Pro. <laughs> Is that what you think that's coming to? I, it kind of has to, right? It has you, to come out at the same time as Breath of the Wild too. <laughs> do you think that? Um, do you think Breath of the Wild two they're specifically like going to use to push the new Switch, or is it like so? Like, could it have come out sooner, but they're waiting on it, or what do you think that relationship is? And this isn't part of the prediction. Just what I do you just, think? I just really feel like this game. It, they want it to look as good and play as good as it can, and and they can't do that on the current Switch hardware. Not a knock on the Switch hardware, just a fact, I think. If you look at uh, some of the cloud games that have to run on Switch, like if a game, you can't run Resident Evil Village on Switch on a cartridge, you can't put out Breath of the Wild 2 on a cloud. Yeah. You gotta put it out on a cartridge. Yeah. That's or true. UMD. umds oh goodness gracious oh gosh okay that's a that's a okay so this summer we'll know what the next zelda is and it's not coming until 2023 eh? i i mean chip shortages might still be continuing they can't make a new console that they're trying to make quote unquote new console um (laughs) Then they have to delay it if they wanted to. Like we saw that happen with Breath of the Wild, they probably could have even delayed it longer. Uh, 
but they still put it out on both consoles. Okay. Okay. It's a good one. Uh, I'm really struggling, Josh. I really struggled with like for my like last one, what to do. Cause I had yeah. so many that were like super like, Oh, related to like Kyle's game. My game of the year will be like, you know, a genre that I don't traditionally like or something <laughs> like that. But yeah. I was like, well then I could like make it happen. So that doesn't really seem right. Appropriate. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't really feel like I can go with any of those. Uh, so my last one then is PlayStation related. Um, and it's that we will see PSVR two mm-hmm. early this year and it will release holiday this year. Okay. Even though, huh. I really don't feel like cost. it's going to. But I I really don't feel like it's going to, but that is like the, um, you know. So otherwise, what fun is it? If I'm like, well, I really don't think it's coming until 2023. Uh, it, it's not so much fun. Um, then, uh, I don't know what the cost is going to be. I'm not going well, to guess. The, <laughs> I think it's going to be four hundred dollars. I think it's yeah. going to be three ninety nine. Yeah. Um, and it is. They're going to have. And it's going to use proprietary memory. Well, <laughs> so you have to buy a special memory card. <laughs> man, wouldn't that be a kicker if they did something like that? <clears throat> that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, but <laughs> oh man, uh, that oof. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> that would be so bad if they did that. Uh, but a launch game for it is going to be Half Life Alex. Oh really? That that's pretty. That's the big swing of the swings. That's the big swing of the swing. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I, I genuinely feel like this maybe isn't coming until 2023, but I do think yeah. that it's going to count. Like, it, Half-Life Alex will launch with it, I, I think. Wow. So, cool. All right. Well, there are video game predictions. Uh, yeah. Let us know your predictions, listeners. Board game related, video game related. What do you think is going to happen this year? And, you know, it's fun to really just go out on the limb. So feel free to, you know. Send us those those ones that are, you know, maybe a little more go crazy, unrealistic, but fun. So, man, if I could uh, only tell you about the emails that we've been getting about promoting a certain game, I could tell you what's coming out this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our homework update where, you know, typically every two weeks, Josh and I give each other homework. But this time we actually went a month um, and we both were assigned to play Demon Souls. And, and part of the reason behind all of this is the fact that, well, you know. Josh and I sometimes, I think, give Demon Souls or the Souls games a hard time uh, because they're hard. Not just because they're hard, but <laughs> I don't always know that they're worthy of the praise that they get. Uh, so we're like, you know what? Let's sit down. Let's put some time into them um, and let's play Demon Souls and see kind of how we do. So, Josh, yeah, what was your experience like playing Demon Souls? Well, here's what I'll say. I don't know that my experience is going to inform myself or anyone on the praise it does or does not get. I will say that to start right up front. <clears throat> Part of the reason why I started playing Death Store again is because I was playing Demon Souls. And I said to myself, if I'm really going to beat my head against the wall this much to make <laughs> progress in the game, why don't I do it in a game that is currently being highly regarded as a game of the year? Uh, I really wanted to be good at Demon Souls. I just don't think that the game is built to be enjoyable to me. And I mean that sincerely. 
I understand what the game is doing. I understand why it's difficult. And I understand how it's difficult. Uh, you have to methodically plan what you're going to do, but you also have to be okay with constantly dying. And I, at least in Hades, when I'm constantly dying, progress is being made. And in Demon Souls, I'm not making any progress. And I'm getting continuously frustrated to the point where I'm getting so frustrated. I'm not focusing on what I should be doing. I'm not focusing on parrying. Uh, I'm just holding down block, which is not doing me any favors. Or I'm swinging my sword in a, in a, in a small hallway instead of switching to my dagger. Um, or I accidentally hit the square button and make my sword a flame sword for no reason and lose that. <laughs> Uh, or get pinned between two archers because one decided to jump up on top of a thing in what Demon Souls is is their version of jump scares for a horror movie. Like everywhere you go, they're like, "Let's wouldn't it be fun if we just had this guy stand behind this wall for this long until your foot crosses this barrier and then he pops out in front of you every time." <laughs> <laughs> And I really don't like, it seems like, it seems so cluttered to me with these bloodstains and um, the ghost shadows and people intentionally misleading you to do things with messages that kill you. It's all just too much. And I just found myself, no matter how long I played, no matter what I tried, no matter where I went, I just did not have fun playing it. And that is incorporating the difficulty as well. Like it is a difficult game. I get that. Uh, I just don't think that anything, anything adds up to enjoyment for me. And like to get so far to just immediately like almost one hit die at a boss. Also not rewarding at all to me. (laughs) And it doesn't, it doesn't respect my time. Um, and that's also fine. Like, it's just not a game for me. Um, I'm glad I tried it more. I really am. Uh, I don't know that this has changed my mind one way or the other on Elden Ring. I think some of the things I've been reading about Elden Ring, about how it's more open worldy, um, could make it more appealing to me than a Demon Souls or Dark Souls game. But ultimately, for me, what it comes down to is it's just going to be a genre that I don't play unless I'm like really drawn into. Like a fantasy world, like maybe Elden Ring will do. Who knows? Gotcha. Yeah, I. So I actually was doing better than I thought I was going to be doing <laughs> when I Good. started playing. Yeah, I was like, hey, this isn't going as bad. Like, I know, like, as is, I mean, the only other one I've really played is Bloodborne. And I got decently far in Bloodborne. I didn't finish it. Uh, and I, I don't necessarily have the same acclaim for Bloodborne that everyone else or that many people do of, you know, best game of all time, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, but I, I did was doing better than I anticipated I would do. I, I was getting further than I thought I was going to. But it felt like every time I died, I died in a situation where it where it just was like dumb. Now, did I die once or twice because like I just did something I shouldn't have? Absolutely. But there were a couple times where like I died like on a on a, like a stairwell that was like going up like around the outside of the thing yeah and like just no matter like what i did i couldn't like hit the enemy from like the angle that i was at yeah and i was like why am i just (laughs) "Mm," you know like those were the sorts of things that got really frustrating to me i was like well 
I I guess the maybe the response I was should have just ran all the way to the very very top and just waited for the person to get all the way up there and then kill right. them. I guess maybe that's what I should have done. <laughs> um, but it, it, that was like what was getting me as I'm just like I feel like I'm doing well, and most of the time that I am dying, I I don't feel like it's necessarily something that I should have been able to account for, or or something where I was like, oh well, you just need to get better. Um, it just seemed weird sometimes and and i always struggle with and this is i know people tell me that exploration is part of the fun and you need to go do this <laughs> i really hate when i don't know where i need to go it's yeah. always yeah. been frustrating for me in games i i know some people are like nope it's the exploration go do whatever you want you'll figure it out wander around that's half the fun yada 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 i like somewhere telling me like go here like this is where you're going to i like that in games i just do so I think I'm going to keep playing it because I do want to get further along. I, I, like I said, I'm surprised that I'm not doing as bad as I thought I was. I'm not totally getting my butt kicked. Uh, but it, it is one that I, when I sit down, it's not the first thing jumping out at me to play. Sure. Um, and it is something that I have to decide that, no, I'm in the mood for this. I guess we'll go ahead and do this right now. So, so yeah. So, Hey, look, we both played it. Uh, I think honestly, this soured me for elden ring <laughs> yeah uh i was i don't know that i was super high on elden ring but when i think about the things coming out around elden ring unless everyone unless everything unless something changes the things coming out around elden ring i am still more interested in playing than elden ring sure itself. i agree with you on that so but if listener you're excited about elden ring that's awesome please still be excited about it <laughs> uh, i was listening to a podcast earlier today uh, and they were talking about how like you know, based off the network tests and stuff that were happening with Elden Ring, that if all those things like hold to be true and blah, and from what they've seen, that like Elden Ring, you know, is going to easily be the best Souls like and potentially like the best video game of all time. <laughs> oh, I, was, boy. I was just like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. But oh, good for hey, them. if you like those games, <laughs> more power to you. More yeah. power to you. I just and, and that's the thing is like it's not like I don't like hard games. Like I, I love Returnal. You know, it's just way more fun to play to me. Yeah, so, and we together collective we we don't like the best game of all time so this we don't. makes sense it, for it to be the second one <laughs> did you see that uh breath of the wild was ign's best game of all time yeah yeah, yeah game of they, the tech century or year or well, no, they just ultimate their, game of all time they yeah they released yeah. their 100 best games of all time and yeah. breath of the wild is number one and yeah i don't know just you know we are are we like different things in games than other people and that's okay that's why games are so fun and so exciting uh josh that uh, <laughs> means uh it's time to assign each other new homework which we haven't had to do like uh, in a yeah. month uh what is your homework for me sir as we roll into 2022 with like at least for me no new games i'm purchasing at least till february so what is my homework for you what a if you don't know what i can question. give you my homework for you okay give me my homework okay uh, first though, you have to answer a question for me. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> have you? Did you previously play Firewatch? Um, I have spent some time with Firewatch, but I wouldn't say that I played Firewatch. What does you've spent some time with Firewatch I, mean? I gave it a shot, but I don't. I think it was like one of those. Uh, it was on Game Pass, and I played it for seven minutes, and I was like, no, kind of thing. Like okay. I played it, but not like enough to render a judgment but you have played it i have played at least 10 minutes of it 
well, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, yeah, so you have to play Firewatch. That is okay. your. That is your. Uh, you don't have to finish it. It is a pretty short game. You definitely don't have to finish oh, it? it. But uh, what's play, it on? Uh, it's on Game Pass. Okay, it's still on Game Pass. Okay. I think it just came to Game Pass. Unless it was on previously, that's oh. awesome. But it's back again for sure. Then, so yeah, it is on Game Pass though. So gotcha. gotcha and like gotcha. I said, maybe it was before, but it is there now again. Okay. Well, we could. Uh, <laughs> I could ask you to play Paw Patrol. That'd be funny. Uh, that's actually what I was going to do, but I was like, no. Nah, I've not. already played it. <laughs> yeah, I assumed that actually that you probably had. That was what I was actually. I just see though, according to how long to beat, Firewatch is four hours. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. Uh yeah. Okay, you need to play Boyfriend's Dungeon. All right. Game Pass. Because I, I, I'm curious. I played it a little bit, so I'm curious what your thoughts are going to be. I'm actually looking forward to it. That was on my, I, I did want to play that and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So okay, cool. perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, with that we're going to move towards wrapping up the show. So we're going to give you our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? <clears throat> well, I was, I was hoping to get around, <clears throat> excuse me, to get to watching the new James Bond, which I do have. I just haven't been able to watch it yet. So, Maybe that will be a recommendation in the future. Uh, so I have like a pretty easy, light recommendation. It is very reliant on you watching and enjoying the Harry Potter movies. Um, but Return to Hogwarts, the special is on HBO Max now. And uh, yeah, it's just a cool... Uh, it's not like the Friends reunion level of special. It's more introspective, not a big spectacle... Um, but you do get to see some uh, behind the scenes on the films. They do get all the directors to come talk, which I thought was pretty big. Um, and there's like a lot of cool stories and insight. Um, uh, Notorious Turf, J.K. Rowling is in it. Uh, <laughs> Though, only <clears throat> archival footage. Yeah. Ashley's like, why, why, like, why did they put that date on there? I was like, probably to avoid controversy. <laughs> yes. Um, so yes, so she was interviewed in 2019. So clearly they can't cancel this special now. Right. Uh, I didn't really care to be honest. It is what it is. It would have felt weird to not talk to her about her, her, what she wrote, um, regardless of your feelings for her, but I really enjoyed it. Pretty easy watch. It is longer than I expected it to be, but it didn't really feel long. Um, so yeah, I would say check out Return to Hogwarts if you are. A Potterhead. Uh, I watched it. I really enjoyed it. But you know what it made me want, Josh? Uh, to rewatch them again? Uh, well, no, because they're on all the time in the <laughs> house. Uh, it really made me want like a in-depth, like hour-long per movie behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was just enough for me to be like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder, oh, now we're on to the next thing. Never mind. I'm like, dang it. Like, I feel ah. like I feel like I've watched a lot of... They, they maybe they're on the on the deep blu- blu-rays i feel like i've watched a lot of behind the scenes on them oh well maybe i just need to do that then yeah so check check, it out. check your blu-rays they might be we do have the blu-rays i do typically because i usually watch them on my movies anywhere because i just yeah. have, you know so 
um, or HBO Max because they're on there too. But yeah. yeah, so no, it was really good though. Definitely enjoyed Return to Hogwarts. Uh, I will say I did see Spider Man, uh, and I echoed Josh's recommendation from when he did it a couple weeks ago when he nice. was, you know saw it early, earlier than me. Um, so the, you know definitely go see that if you have a chance and you feel safe doing so and can do so safely. Uh, but my recommendation, I'm a little behind on this. Uh, I had been meaning to watch it for a long time and finally got around to it. And uh, that is Succession on hmm. HBO Max. Uh, this show is gosh darn brilliant. Like, I really love crunchy dramas where it's people just talking to each other um, <laughs> and backstabbing each other and the politics of life. And oh yeah. my gosh, this show is that in spades over and over and over again. Uh, I don't know that there's a character that you that is likable on the entire show, <laughs> uh, which usually is a challenge for me. But uh, not really with the show. For some reason, it totally works. And I'm like, you're all horrible people. Uh, but I think bad things are going to probably happen to you uh, in the show. <laughs> yeah. So let's see what bad things happen Be you know, about you being the way you are. Uh, and then let's see how you get out of them because you're rich. So you'll get out of it somehow. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is a really interesting take in that, you know, typically shows really try to like redeem characters so like oh like this character's not nice or not great but like look here's how they're kind of good this show isn't that concerned with that like they're <laughs> you might sometimes feel like a small amount of empathy for a character but it's very short-lived yeah. like there there really is no like redemption for at least for i haven't finished through th season three i hear the end of season three is bonkers i haven't finished that far yet um, but so far, at least, I'm like, wow, you're all kind of horrible. And it just kind of continues to be that way. Um, but yeah, that's Succession on HBO. Josh, have you watched it? I haven't watched it yet. It's on the yeah, list. It, it is good. It is good. So check that out. Uh, hey, Josh, what do you say we uh, wrap the show up? Hey, what a good idea. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with PG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with PG. So feel free to give us a five star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, so please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live. PlayStation Network, Steam, and Why So Serious? That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Cyclocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Uh, as always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.